Hello, and welcome to the Coach's Cup. I am your host, Sonia Green, and this week I am joined by Coach Natalie Roush. Natalie, I want you to introduce yourself to everyone, let us know a little bit about what kind of coaching you do, and then we'll tell them what fun topic we have today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Sonia. I am Natalie, and I am an inner critic coach. I love being able to dive in and relate to people. I have my own inner critic, and I've done so much work on inner critic in myself, which really, really helps in the coaching process in recognizing when people need that extra help and support. Yeah. Well, and you are the perfect person to talk to about the topic of perfectionism. Yes, I for sure have my own relationship (laughs) with perfectionism. So it's going to be fantastic. Well, tell us a little bit about your special twist on perfectionism, because this is going to be a little different than maybe some of the ways we've talked about it before. Sure, sure. So it was probably four or five years ago now that I was chatting with my therapist about just all of the things that I wasn't doing well enough and overanalyzing conversations that I was having and realizing that I did things wrong and just really beating myself up. And she threw out the idea that she believed I was a self-perfectionist. It's like, what are you talking about? Like my house is a total disaster. I don't (laughs) need things to be clean. I, everything I do, I mean, you should come, just come over to my house right now. I'll show you how imperfect I am. Uh But it's that, that twist of the self-perfectionist that she offered me that's really helped me gain some leverage over supporting myself through it which is self-perfectionism in my life looks like the overanalyzing conversations. It looks like overthinking like crazy and really doing a lot of the should have talk of I should be farther along or I should have been more patient or there's such a wide variety, but the self-perfectionism summed up sounds a lot like always being a little short of the expectations that I've set for myself. What makes it really unique for me is I don't expect the same of other people at all. So other people are allowed to get it wrong. Other people are allowed to fall short and I don't make it mean anything. I'm like, well, of course, like, of course you're going to fall short because you're human where (laughs) the self-perfectionist I'm like, no, no. You do not get that handout for some reason. I'm not really sure why you are not human the way that they are. Yeah. And you should be doing better. Yeah. Always that should. Yes. So how have you worked on that? How have you learned to to overcome it or work with it or tell us all? I think a lot of it is working with it. And that's mm-hmm. that has a lot to do with that inner critic where the way I'm leveraging the inner critic at this point in my life and with my clients is trying to reinvent the inner critic as a best friend. Mm -hmm. A way I might do this is instead of when my brain offers me, Hey, this isn't good enough. You should do more. Instead of just agreeing, I like to come back at it with, should I though? Like, should I be doing more or does this count somehow? 
does this yeah. kind of hold some weight in progress on the journey or is the only way to recognize progress at the end of the journey when everything's complete? Right. A lot of what I like to do at this point in my life is check in at all of the checkpoints that are available. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of us as self-perfectionists or perfectionists or just people that are trying and most of us have that inner voice telling us we're not enough or we're not doing enough. We want to be able to have a result in our hands to tell us, okay, you finally did it. And so now you're successful. But I like to kind of think backwards in order to acknowledge the success that I already have. Yeah. yeah. Before I have the finished product. I was, um, I was reading a book recently and it was talking about this very thing and how we have this ideal that we often think as, as self-perfectionists or, you know, just sometimes as humans, I think, but we have this ideal that's off on the horizon and it's very similar to the horizon because no matter how far we go, we're never going to get there. We're mm. never going to reach that ideal. So that sounds a lot like what you're saying as well. You've got to look at, you know, put your eyes down and see where you are now or look behind you and see how far you've come, that that's the more realistic way to measure. Yes. Well, and giving yourself the opportunity to notice the wins along the way. Yeah. Because it's so easy to have your eyes focused on that horizon mm -hmm. and have no idea where you are or that you've moved oh, yeah. at all from the beginning of your journey. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, because if you're looking out there, then you're never going to be able, I mean, you could totally lose the path. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So the way I like to leverage kind of thinking backwards, which I got that idea really solidified from Dan Sullivan's book, The Gap and the Gain. Uh -huh. Love that book so much. And it really helped me to be able to utilize my past self and think of her like a best friend because she's always helped me get a little bit further. Yes. And it counts all of the tiny little details of her choosing again. Like, no, I still want this. Let's keep moving forward. Mm -hmm. I like to be able to go back and acknowledge the moments that she's already won for mm -hmm. us, her and present me and future me that has the thing yeah. I love to work together as a team and validate each other and saying, yeah, but you're the one that wanted this in the first place. Thank you so much for wanting this. Like, yeah. how did you do that? How did you have the courage to take that first step? Mm -hmm. And just acknowledging that each step does count as a win in the process. And that's what makes the overall success, the thing in your hands at the end, so much more fascinating is how you got there. Yeah. So all of that is amazing and wonderful in theory, but for our listeners, how do we make this a concrete practice? Because you know, it always, it sounds great listening today to say, oh, I just need to acknowledge my wins. But when it comes to that, if our practice has been this self-critic, 
Mm-hmm. How how do we make that into a reality where we can actually acknowledge her and be grateful for her? I think one thing I like to do is remind myself that it's always been available. Mm-hmm. That ability to acknowledge was always available and will always be available and checking in with how I've been doing it at the same time where that's an option Mm -hmm. to acknowledge the wins and go back and really validate the experience so far and thank her. Right. Yeah. But at the same time, there's the option of, yeah, but I should be further along. And I should be, I should be different than I am, or other people are doing better, or maybe I'm not cut out for this. It's all available all of the time. So I really like to check in with myself enough to slow down literally even just for two to five seconds sometimes. Yeah. And ask myself, okay, what's my focus here? Mm -hmm. Am I focused on what I'm still lacking? And if so, do I want to continue to focus on that? Yeah. Because I think acknowledging that that's what's going on can sometimes be that little permission to reset again. Mm-hmm. And it's really easy to not slow down when you actually have a goal. Yeah. It's really easy to stay hyper focused on the end goal and not allow yourself to consider, okay, but how would I want to experience getting to my goal? Yeah. One way I would say that I like to apply this is I think of tools often when I'm trying to support myself in getting somewhere because I used to be more of a fixer. I used to be more of, okay, here's the problem, hyper-focus on the problem. And then once you've fixed the problem, that's when you're going to be able to gain some traction and get to where you're needing to go. But the problem with that is when you believe you are the problem. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't move past that. Yes. A lot of self-perfectionists are, we're, we're stuck because we're like, well, what if my problem is that I overthink and that's just who I am. (laughs) If you have ever said to yourself, what if the problem is that I overthink, then you probably overthink. (laughs) Yes. And the reason why I like to come back and notice these things about myself and just slow down enough to know me Mm -hmm. acknowledge me kind of like, oh, I get a little bit of leverage when my therapist offers, hey, you might be a self-perfectionist. Like I like to slow down enough to acknowledge my experience because then I can question it. Be like, hang on, am I an overthinker? Yeah. Like what qualifies me to be an overthinker? And okay, if we're going to go with that, why do I think that's a problem? Mm-hmm. Because I think lots of times we just have these definitions in our minds, like overthinking, where it's an automatic negative. Yes. And if that's what's going on in my mind constantly, gosh, of course my experience is going to feel heavy and overwhelming. Yeah. Because I'm automatically just like, I'm negative in my mm-hmm. mind. Yeah. You're not an overthinker, suddenly you're negative. It's you're bad or something like that. It immediately moves. 
So I like to offer myself the opportunity to change my mind Mm -hmm. about what I think things mean. Mm -hmm. Because I have that practice, right? I'm going to call myself an overthinker. I might even use self-perfectionism as like a, uh uh-oh, Natalie, this is who you are. But again, like, I like to believe that in every weakness, there's a strength. Mm -hmm. And the way I've heard it before, maybe you've heard it too, is in every weakness, it's a strength being overused. Huh. I have not heard that, but I like that. I found so fascinating and freeing the first time I heard it. Oh, yay. What if, what if this is a strength, but even just the permission to consider, oh, is this a strength overused? I wonder. It reframes my focus into now I'm looking for evidence as to why this negative thing might be serving me and might actually be a good thing. Yeah. So redefining is a lot of the work I do. That's awesome. Do you, when you're working with clients and getting them to make this shift, do you have tips for helping them? to start that journey. Like I like to use journaling prompts and I know sometimes people are like, Oh, there she goes again with the journaling. I, it, it works for me. It doesn't work for everybody. Some people it's meditation or thinking about it, you know, while they're on a run or different things. But do you have tips that you offer clients when you're getting them to make this shift? Absolutely. I think lots of times our ideas and sessions are completely new ideas. Mm -hmm. Because often I'm going for the opposite of what they've been judging themselves for. Yeah. And it's literally just like this twist that they don't know how to comprehend. So I like to offer in those moments, what if I'm right? What if I'm right about this judgment and I am an overthinker or I should be further along? So Uh what? So kind of the permission to to get it wrong. And I like to come at that from a few different angles Mm -hmm. because so many of us cripple ourselves with needing to be right and needing to do it the right way before we're willing to try. Yeah. And I love one of my favorite things to tell my clients in the, because I always send out um, application homework for them. So we have, we have work that we do together and I'll tell them, I want you to get this wrong. Mm -hmm. I don't want you to do this assignment the right way. I'm asking you to do it wrong. Mm -hmm. And they don't know what to do with that. I was going to say, watch (laughs) their mind blow up. (laughs) Like, hang on now, why why am I going to do this? But really what I'm trying to foster is a new belief that getting it wrong can be the best thing for me in my overall goal, which is growth and progress and yeah, becoming more of who I am. Yeah. And I think when we hyper-focus on getting it right, it's because we're trying to become more of what other people think we ought to be. Yes. And so in order to kind of encourage people to get away from the people pleasing or the expectations that maybe they aren't even the ones that came up with them. Oh yeah. Love to offer. Okay. Why don't you just get this one wrong? Yeah. Is there a problem with changing your mind? 
And like I said before, redefining what we thought things about us meant. Yeah. Yeah. The ability to have some vulnerability, not with anybody else, but with ourselves is, is such a key. And I think sometimes that is the most difficult place to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Because then you are the authority in your life and you're the only one to blame. Right. Well, shoot. Which I love, I love agency and all of it. I think that's my favorite piece is I truly believe that we are the ones that know what's right and best for us. Absolutely. And pushing, pushing clients, pushing myself Mm -hmm. to let go of somebody else knowing better than me. Mm -hmm. That's work. Yeah, (laughs) no, absolutely. It's extremely vulnerable. Like you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Now I love that. 